this is what you need to do. This is who you need to help because it's just going to get more books into the hands of more people. And there is nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Did you see it? Did you feel it? Yeah. I, 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 every time I talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the theme of books is going to probably come up again. And for people who are listening and not watching, uh, Jillian's wearing an amazing sweatshirt that says read books and fight the patriarchy. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin. This is episode 69, and today I am joined by a guest, Medium Lady contributor, well-known to our community, Jillian O'Keefe. Jillian, hi, welcome back to the show. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. One of my favorite podcasts. Oh, that's very generous of you to say. Thank you so much. I made a joke today that someone said, I'm going to listen to this podcast and take a break from my crime podcast. And I thought, anytime someone's willing to take a break from their crime podcast to listen to Medium Lady, I'm super grateful. Jillian, you've been on the podcast a bunch of times, but in case this is someone's first time to the show, we want to welcome them. And why don't you tell the audience who you are and what you're all about? So I'm Jillian, and I am based in Buffalo, New York, which is not too far from Erin. I'm married with two kids, and for myself, for my business, actually, I am an Instagram strategist. I help authors and book coaches and editors get their stuff found on Instagram. I help turn their followers into buyers with uh, the content that they produce and put out there. Um, Jillian and I, we are in regular contact daily oftentimes about books, but sometimes we're collectively raging against the patriarchy or or sharing, you know, jokes and things that we know, family life. Um, I feel like I know you so well, and yet we have yet to meet in person. 2023 is the year we are going to meet in person. I'm very sure of it. Sounds perfect. <laughs> so Jillian, you and I today are going to go through a kind of live unpacking of episode 62, which is called Get Gentle Goal Setting for Burnt Out Mothers and Millennials. And I had kind of put a call out and said, is anyone interested in kind of working through this live with me? If you listen to the episode and you like the episode, and I really appreciated you reached out to me and said, hey, I'm always happy to be on the pod. If you need somebody to come and walk through this, let's do it together. And I thought, what a great guest to have to walk through this because certainly I think where you're at and you know your life uh, I've called it for burnt out mothers and millennials I don't want to say that you identify with that label but why don't you tell the audience kind of where you're finding yourself right now when it comes to goal setting I have always always struggled with goal setting I don't know if it's because I think it has to be perfect if it's the perfectionism or um, people pleasing I don't know what what it stems from but I've always struggled with goal setting but as far as burnt out mother and millennials, I do relate to both of those. I am feeling a little better these days, but it almost, once the pandemic ended, uh, it took about a year to finally sort of yeah. feel normal again. And then even then I still, there are days where I feel like I can't go on. <laughs> like I just need to sit on the couch and do nothing. Yeah. 
because I was the primary person during that time. And it was just so much and nothing could be done. Nothing could be done to help it. Yeah. Yeah. You were the primary person. It was a lot. It took a lot out of you. It's now over. I'm going to use air quotes when I say that. But I think millennials and mothers and millennial mothers are experiencing a bit of whiplash, personal identity. Some people are thriving, but it's kind of come at a cost in a lot of ways. Thanks, Jillian, for sharing that and where you're at. I think that there's going to be a lot of people listening right now and nodding, saying, yeah, me too. I was the primary person. I had to keep all my ish together the whole time. Now it's over and there's nothing in the tank for me left. But I'm a person who wants to grow. I'm a person who has dreams. I'm a person who has aspirations. And that's why I created Gentle Goal Setting, because I want people to know the key to unlocking your goals is acknowledging how amazing you already are. So that's what we're going to do today in this episode. I hope you're ready to acknowledge how amazing you already are. I am ready. So ready. (laughs) That's great. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do, we've done our little bit of a check-in and I want people, if they're listening along and they want to do this in real time, pause at any time. And you may want to grab a journal, may want to grab a pad of paper. You may want to take a screenshot when parts of the pod are resonating with you so you can go back to those timestamps. The first thing we're going to do is kind of ground into this present moment. We're going to be grateful for the time that we have to nurture ourselves and discover more about who we are and how our identity is emerging. What are the goals that are going to enable us to continue to be the best we can be in this present moment? And I always caution people who have previously had a resistant attitude to goals, not attitude, who have always kind of found goals to not necessarily be a great on-ramp for their achievement, that This is very different from what hopefully you've experienced in the past. We are not going to start with smart formulas. We are not going to start with what you want to do. And Jillian, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a three-year time machine, and I want you to go back to April of 2020. What was going on for you in April of 2020? Um, So that was actually an okay time. I mean, there was definitely stress. I was def- I was a little pissed off that I was being, I, ha- I was having to be the primary person. I really didn't think that it would become that, that type of situation. I really thought we'd be able to balance my, me doing some of the work and my husband doing some of the work, but it didn't work that way. His, his office didn't, wasn't really flexible, but anyway, I was okay initially that month. And I remember it very vividly. I was very excited to be able to take the time and kind of homeschool my kids. Our um, school district did not come up with any sort of plans from you know March through the end of our school year. So it was on just the parents. They did a couple of things that they sent, but it was on the parents to basically teach their kids. So we did a lot of like hands-on things. like, And I made my own lesson plans. I went to school. I have my degree in education. So it was really fun for me to do this. Mm-hmm. But, but it grew really old really fast. So I would say April, April was a mix of stress and annoyance of having to be it and on all the time, but also a lot of excitement around getting this opportunity to homeschool my kids, mm-hmm. which sort of slowly changed to not feel so excited about it. Yeah. And when it changed, what was going on? Um, It just got to be too much. Emmett was, is not mm-hmm. great. My son is not great with taking instruction in that way from me. He fought me tooth and nail anytime he had any sort of work or assignment that was not mom 
focus, like meaning he was in charge of doing it. Mm. Um, and Esther was young. Esther, my my daughter, was three at the time, and it was hard because you're you have a three year old now, so you know, like it's it's a lot, and you know she needed a lot. So I was on helping my son with homework and on just being her mom, and it was hard doing it all, and it just got to be too much you know I mean I I kept going because I didn't have a choice but it got to be too much and I just I wanted yeah just wanted a break yeah okay so let's remember that it got to be too much and you wanted to quit and you had an extra role thrust upon you so I talk a lot about roles I talk a lot about paying attention to how we're showing up for people externally and you're prepared to show up for your kids as mom you're probably less prepared if at all, you were probably more prepared than most because you had an education degree to show up as teacher, right? And so it, it was an added role that you had to show up for and create space in your identity as, you know, homeschooling teacher during a crisis, Yeah. okay? So let's hold on to that. And, and eventually you got to the point where you wanted to quit. You wanted to quit that. Okay, let's take that time machine. We're going to reverse just one year to April of 2021. Um... That was a good April that, um, I mean, I was definitely, you know, we were still dealing with a lot of this stuff going on with the pandemic, but it was the April that I turned 40. Uh huh. So it was really exciting. And as much as I was nervous about aging, my family, both my um, kids and husband and my uh, parents and siblings did such a good job celebrating me the whole month and reminding me about what it, you know, what was happening, how I was turning 40. So it, again, I guess, was basically a mix of excitement around my birthday and stress around taking care of the kids. I will say both kids were in school then, using air quotes, because Emmett was doing all virtual school in the mornings, and then the afternoons were me helping him with homework, and Esther was doing an hour of pre-K. So I was, she never had homework, but it was just making sure she was on and paying attention because, you know, she was still she would have been four at that point, but still helping her focus. And then Emmett's still not taking direction because he does not like taking direction from me in that way. <laughs> so fighting with him constantly. So a big split between excitement and, and stress and burnout. Cause at that point it had been a year of doing this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And probably at that point, did you feel like you knew what you were doing? I knew what I, I had a feeling or I, I knew I felt like I was doing the right thing and what I was doing with them. But I also felt like I was flailing because it was so far from what I had envisioned for my life, mm. you know, a year earlier, or I would say maybe a year and a month earlier. You know, it was so different. Even what, because I think, I think Emmett went back maybe at the end of April or early May for a couple of months of school. But even then, it was so different that we didn't have daycare anymore. It was just very weird. It was not what I had envisioned. Mm. So almost harder, less fresh, less new, a longer period of you enduring resistance within your relationship with Emmett, the back and forth between the school, still a lot of accountability and responsibility on you to keep the school day on track for two kids. Okay, we're going to do that. Let's hold on to those things. You wanted to quit. A year later, you didn't quit. You were still there. You were enabling yeah. things in a lot of different ways, actually. And so let's take that time machine one year 
further back and we'll go just a year ago, April of 2022. What was going on for you during April of 2022? That was still healing. Yeah. Kids had been back in school since September. They'd been back in school. And um, I had been back having my normal, because I work from home. So I had my normal space during the school day to do my work, but it wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. Okay. I was just so burnt out. I could not get anything going. I was tired and physically tired, mentally tired. I felt like I had no creativity. It was just a lot. It was not a great time. I feel like I had just started taking a new antidepressant a few months earlier. So I was still coping with that. So it wasn't a great, it was an April, last April was not great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thank you for going there. Thank you for, you know, your honest reflection of what that was like. Let's go with that April. You said you got your days back to yourself. There was routine. There'd been routine in place since September. That's a good, you know, eight or so months of, of structure, maybe six months of structure. But you felt like during the day you had no creativity and you couldn't do anything because of your burnout. And what did that feel like? It was very depressing because I just, all I wanted is I would sit all day and and hope that something would spark me into action. Mm. Something would inspire me to take action because I wanted, I, I like to work. And I like to make money <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was not doing that, right. you know, not that those are the only things that make me up. I, the one benefit was I was reading a lot. So that's, that's great. But I wasn't doing anything as far as work was concerned. And that was not fun. And no matter what I tried to do, I just couldn't spur myself into movement. I was so burnt out. Honestly, I would say it took me until, um, November, December of 22 Okay. to get anything like moving again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I want you to know, Jillian, that I can relate so much to what you're sharing and so many people listening can relate to. And the hard part about being at home alone and wanting to find that kernel to give you any kind of momentum whatsoever is that it does feel super lonely. And it feels like everybody else can figure this out. Why can't I figure it out? But we all experience those moments on our own. So you sharing right now is really, I'm sure, extremely empowering for people who are listening because they're going to say, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one in April of 2022 when everything was back to normal and I finally got some time to myself that I would actually be able to spend that time well. And I, when I wasn't, I felt like a failure. Those are my words. You didn't say that you felt that way, but you said it was depressing. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I absolutely, failure works there because I, I remember texting my husband many times and just bawling my eyes out because I just mm. was so sad. I just wanted to get things going again. And I, I know how to do it. I've done it before. Mm -hmm. I just physically couldn't and I there are going to be I'm sure there will be people too who will listen to me like why didn't you just force yourself to do it but I I couldn't 
No, it's not that simple. I don't, I don't think there's, I hope there's not people, but if you're thinking that if, okay, so let's talk to those people. If you're thinking that I want you to remember what Jillian talked about the last two years having been, which was the creation and development of an entirely new identity, a whole new way to show up for your family, concerns and worries about navigating expectations through an unknown series of events in the pandemic, changing rules, changing assumptions, you know, we thought our partners would be able to show up for us in one way and then they weren't. And then we had to pivot. And it was this constant refilling of our tank only to spend it in the next day. And so when it finally, and I remember those feelings too, is like, when this is all over, man, I'm going to be amazing because who even knew I had all this extra time to be all these things for other people. And then when I finally felt like, oh, you know what? The kids are actually in school all day. Oh, you know what? We're not actually going to have any more lockdowns. Oh, you know what? Everybody's been vaccinated. Oh, you know what? I can actually call my parents over to help me with the kids without worrying if somebody has a runny nose. And when that came back, still being able to say, like, I really need to heal. I don't know how to be before. I don't know how to do. Not I don't know how. I can't get myself to a place where I can behave in the way before the pandemic. So let's just all kind of remember that what Jillian shared through the last three years, two, two and a bit years. So Jillian, you mentioned November, December. I want to maybe fast forward through the summer unless you feel like there was something notably thematic that came out in the summer, early fall. Or we can jump to November where you said you it wasn't until then when you really felt like you could take that next step on the cobblestone path. What happened in November, December or what changed or shifted or what helped? And you might not know the answer to that yet. So let's just talk. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure um, what happened. I know I had signed up for a new coaching program around then that was starting in January. So I know I had that excitement and I wanted to get some things going before that started. I also know that I started for the first time in a while, had a reasonably positive holiday experience. A lot of times it's very stressful and depressing for me from just, I don't even know, you know, all the reasons holidays can be stressful and depressing. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a really, a relatively um, positive experience this year. So I'm sure that you're not having to stress about that. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know that there's anything specific that stands out. Um, I just remember that being the time because that was about when I still haven't really launched it, but that was when I had come up with the idea of what I wanted to start like selling one-on-one -on -one to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as your friend and someone who, you know, I'm observing what's going on for you. Was that, I'm, I'm not sure specifically in the calendar, but you made a very conscious decision to pivot your business. And was that at the same time? No, that actually, I think, happened towards the end of the school year last year or very early summer. Mm -hmm. And I, the, the summer basically was a, because we couldn't put the kids, financially, we could not put the kids in any sort of camps last summer. So it was basically a replay of the pandemic, having the oh. kids home all day, every day. The only difference was I didn't need to do school with them. They were always home. So I really didn't have the energy then to really do anything. So I, I announced the pivot and then I kind of went dark over the summer. And then I needed, I guess, I mean, thank you for asking, because this is getting me thinking. And then I kind of needed those first few months of the school year to recoup back to feeling like I could do something again. Mm -hmm. And... When you made that announcement, 
you were really pumped. I was. So I, I mean, I love reading. Any any person who's on your podcast or has listening to your is listening to your podcast knows that. And I pivoted to start helping authors and you know bookish people. And by doing that, it reignited this excitement I had because I always help people with Instagram. It's I have loved Instagram before I even had it because I had it um, an Android and it was not on Android yet. So that's like 2010. I know how to use Instagram in a way that works for small uh, businesses and creatives, but I got really sick and burned out of what I was doing for people beforehand doing like end to end stuff. So when I announced that I was just going to be working with bookish people and I was just going to be helping them with content, I got really, really excited about it. Just wanted to roll it out. And (laughs) and then summer happens. But you made a decision that really invigorated you thematically. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to replay that back to you as someone who's observing objectively from the outside is when you say doing end to end Instagram, a lot of people don't understand what that means, which is basically Jillian will coach and work with and or manage completely used to 100 percent of content strategy, content development, content posting and content engagement through the entire cycle. Exactly. And beforehand, not really specific to any kind of niche or genre. Right. And then what you decided to do is you'd taken a step back and it was obvious to you that what was really lighting you up was to niche down, to niche down and to support authors, editors, bookish people on Instagram with content, content development. Yeah. Yeah. And when you realized that you had this zone of genius and also that it was going to speak to you and who you were as a person in your own identity, this kind of like very quick funneling of all of your years of experience into this one area was really, really invigorating and empowering to you. And you could see it. You could see it in your face. You could hear it in the way you were talking. You could see it in your posture. So I want to know what sparked that funnel? What sparked that all things to all people down to this thing for these people? Well, when you listen to the quote unquote gurus talk about what you should, you know, who you should focus on or what you should work with. They always say, you know, work with people that you would know, like personally, like that you can relate to one-on-one. And I can really not, I mean, I can't directly relate to authors, but I can relate to them in the fact that I can read their books and I can enjoy the product that they put out. And then I had a friend of mine who's also a coach and a coach that I, I much, I relate to much better um, because she's not about the, like the sleazy techniques or anything said that when you pick a niche, you should feel like it lights you up and excites you. And there is very little outside of my family. And I don't mean that's to sound depressing, but there's very little outside of my family that lights me up like reading and, and books in general do. I don't even have to be reading the book, just being surrounded by them makes me happy. Like right now, there's literally so many books around me. <laughs> and it just makes me very, very happy. So to know that I could help these individuals who want to be on Instagram and really should be on Instagram and who don't really know how to use it in a way that's going to market them effectively. It was just, it just was like a light going off in my head. Like, this is what you need to do. This is who you need to help because it's just going to get more books into the hands of more people. And there is nothing better than that. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Did you see it? Did you feel it? Yeah. I, 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 every time I talk about it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the theme of books is going to probably come up again. And for people who are listening and not watching, uh, Jillian's wearing an amazing sweatshirt that says, read books and fight the patriarchy. So, you know, books and all things. Okay. So we made our way through. Now let's talk on a slightly shorter timeline. And I want people to be patient with us because this episode is about goal setting. But we're, what we're spending the most amount of time on is looking back on the past and acknowledging everything that Jillian's been through as a way to feel really proud of the person who's sitting in front of me right now and as a way to start goal setting from a place of empowerment, pride, and celebration, not a place of scarcity, lack, self-criticism, and self-judgment. Okay, so tell me about January, February, March up to the present day what's been going on for you lately it has been an up and down emotionally I was in a bit of a depressive episode for um a month or so and was basically just trying to keep you know things together doing what I needed to do as far as being a mom and my role in the household and stuff like that so I would say and that was actually February into March um so January was fine. I um, started working with my coach. I, I got, um, I almost pretty much solidified what I want to offer to people in my business. Uh, I was feeling really good physically because I had purchased a Peloton and was starting to work out regularly. And I am somebody who enjoys being active and for no other reason than to just be active. So that was feeling really good. And then I got strep throat and I went on antibiotics. And I have a feeling that that did something to my gut biome, whatever. And I just was feeling really crappy part of March, most of March. Um, And I kind of came back up around the beginning of April. And again, it's my birthday month. So that always, always helps. And so the last, I would say most of April, I have been focused on trying to get, and this episode is going to be so helpful to me for this. I've been trying to get myself into a routine of daily planning and knowing that when I when I come back or when I, each morning when I come up to my desk, what I'm going to be working on. So it's been a little bit of trial and error there. It's been trial and error of getting, finding out the best time to work out so that I can maximize my time that I'm um, able to be at my desk. It's excitement over Emmett is testing for his black belt on Saturday coming up. So I've been taking him there to more Taekwondo classes. And it's been a really great 26 days so far this month very specific (laughs) that's amazing that's great do you remember what you just said about april of 2022 i do yeah Yeah. the exact opposite probably yeah 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 so the reason i'm pointing that out is what i want to talk about next and thank you jillian for all of your vulnerability and sharing and just being who you are you're really such an amazing person you're an incredible friend to me and and you're really wonderful and and you've been through a lot you've been through a lot and i want to talk about challenges so we've talked about the last 3 years what do you think were the challenges that you expected and what were the challenges that you didn't expect in the last 3 years we can even talk in the last year because there's been a marked difference between april of 2022 and april of 2023 and that's often the case. 
right? Um, the difference a year can make. And I like the timeline of three years because most of us can really kind of remember like who we were and what we were up to three years ago. If you even asked me five years ago, my brain gets a little mushy. So that's the kind of the timeline that I use. But even if we want to use a year, what do you think in the last year were the challenges that you expected and the challenges you didn't expect? Um, I didn't expect to struggle so much with burnout. Like you had said a little bit ago about how mm. when the kids went back, you really and thought, oh, I have all this extra, it feels like I have all this more time and things feel easier, a bit easier. And that now I'll be able to do the things that I want to do. I did not expect to actually, I, I expected to feel the ease once the kids were back in school full time. And I did not feel that. So that was a huge challenge for me. Mm. It was just as hard with them at school. Yeah. Initially. Yes, absolutely. I really, really wow. struggled with that. Wow. And how did that feel? Well, I, I mean, it was very frustrating because I knew that if I just took the time to sit down and like think through what I, it is I wanted to do, I could do those things. And I just could not get myself to do it. And I, I don't know what it was about that, but I just, I couldn't get myself focused enough to do the planning. And I don't even mean like do this at this time type of planning. I just mean like, I am gonna, I want to get a blog going again, or mm. I'm going to launch this offer to for beta people. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't even do that in the last year. And I was not expecting it to be that difficult. And how did you navigate that? How did you navigate that? <laughs> kids were at home. It was crazy. The kids went home and it felt just as crazy. It was just as hard to carve out time for your development, your growth, your planning as it was with all the kids home. But you've navigated it because we just talked about April. We just talked about the present moment feeling like mm -hmm. you, you are doing those things. You're planning, you're routining, you're exercising, you know. So how, how do you think you navigated that? This part's hard because usually it feels like time passes and things get better. But But there's usually something there that is about who you are my initial response would be time passed and they just got better <laughs> it's not that easy I, I i'm sure it isn't <laughs> i'm sure it isn't but i that's what it feels like that honestly i i know one thing is that my my husband was very very supportive in the fact that mm. anytime i would text him and i would talk about how guilty i felt because i wasn't really participating in the family income and i wasn't doing much with my business, he would assure me that, that it was fine, that, you know, don't give up, just keep trying. Um, and I know that while I did have a lot of guilt about not helping and not doing anything in my business and my not really having an income, there were also a lot of times where I just accepted it for what it was. Mm, okay. Let myself do what I needed to do, which some days was just uh, read all day or scroll Instagram all day. There were some times when I would still, you know, feel guilty about it, but I think, I think towards the end, I kind of just accepted that that's where I needed to be. And then I finally was like a breath of fresh air, kind of like, oh, it's okay to not stress about doing something every single day, that it's okay to just let yourself, you know, heal essentially. Cause that's what I, what, what it was is needing to just heal. Yeah. Yeah. I think. How did you figure out it was healing? Because 
what you said before was time just passed and it got better. That is literally the definition of healing. <laughs> and then you gave over to the fact that you were healing. You, you, you surrendered to it. Yeah. I think I read something either somebody's post on Instagram or I'm trying to remember what books I w had read during that time, but I'm pretty sure I read something that was just, or you know what it might've actually been now that I'm, now that I'm really thinking I might've been the collective of people posting and watching stories of other women saying that they were, had felt the same way that I did and that there were still people who were struggling with burnout a year or whatever, year and a half later. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not alone, which is, you know, what you were talking about earlier. I'm not alone. Other people are still experiencing this. And so maybe time will help. I think maybe that had a big part of it, a big role in it. Can I reflect a few things back to you that you've said in the last 40 minutes or so? Absolutely. So one of the things that you said was about making a big decision about your business. That helped. One of the other things you said was to um, navigate the medications that help you feel like yourself. The other thing you talked about was um, a smooth season of like high intensity relationship time, a smooth Christmas. And then the other thing you talked about was diving into activity for activity's sake. So those are four things that kind of come out of what you're talking about. If you're listening, these are the kinds of things that sometimes don't jump out right away. And so if you say, huh, well, how did I navigate that challenge? And you're not sure, then maybe just sit with it or go back in your feed and see what were the books I was reading. You know, like if, if you're a person who posts and you have like an archive or go back in your calendar or go back in your emails Use it as an opportunity to kind of excavate those pivotal moments, because what you're going to uncover and find is that there are already things in you that help you to navigate those things. One of those tremendous things for you, Jillian, was acceptance and self-compassion by identifying the fact that you weren't alone in what you were experiencing. And that also makes it OK to accept the season of life that you're in and to treat yourself with compassion as you heal instead of berating yourself day after day after day. One of my other questions is, is like, how did you navigate the challenge? Is I also ask, ask, I like to ask, and I put this, this is in episode 62, is who helped you? So you've mentioned your husband a couple of times. Do you want to talk about him a bit? Yeah, he is amazing. We're, you know, like any other couple, there's fighting and, and bickering and getting annoyed with, getting annoyed with each other. Like, obviously we're not this perfect couple, couple but he is Number one, first and foremost, he um, supported me leaving my nine to five job, you know, several years, maybe eight or nine years ago now. And he fully supported me doing that. At the time I was, you know, helping with the family income, but once I wasn't able to, and I lost a lot of business at the start of the pandemic because those individuals couldn't continue to afford me. Right. He did not push me to do more than I could for my business. And hasn't. And now, you know, the kids have been back in school almost two full years now and has not pushed me once to do more than what I can. This year has been a lot of grappling with time because the kids are have different start times and finish times with school and chores around the house and everything. So he has been so understanding of that. And I mean, the person he is at home with the kids and I is amazing too. But the thing that stands out to me is his unending support of even if I'm not making money to participate in our family income, 
it doesn't change the way he looks or values me. When you are feeling guilty because you're not participating in the family income, having that someone remind you that, that that's not why you're valuable to me mm-hmm. is yeah incredible. Just thinking about it tears me up because it's it's Aww. it's been a lot. The la- you know, he's been so good to me the last several I mean since we were married, but I mean he's been really good with everything. And I'm sure you're good to him too. I'm sure he would tell me all kinds of things about you. Oh yeah. You've mentioned a couple of times your ability to contribute to your family income. That's come up mm-hmm. multiple times. I would say pay attention to that as a theme when you're building goals because I think it's really important that you find a way to incorporate your worthiness as a fact, not as a condition of what you contribute financially to your family's income. Pay attention to the goals that you set that are going to reflect that as a fact, that you are a worthwhile and valuable person in your family, and pay attention to the goals that you might be attracted to because they may actually reflect to you that where your worth and value comes from is in when you are and are not contributing to that family income. Because those are potentially going to be slippery slopes for you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And listen, I'm going to perhaps kind of soften what I just said a little bit. There's nothing wrong with wanting to contribute. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with wanting more money. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the ways that we make money and the ways that that money gives us freedom to bring things that have monetary value to our families or to our communities or to our lives or societies. There's really nothing wrong with that unless you're hinging your growth on the value of your ability to make more money, the value of your ability to give people things because of the money that you make. So there's a slight change in the wording there. Um, And I certainly think if you're out there and you want more money and you want to set goals that help you get more money, there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's not the money is not evidence of you being a worthwhile human being. Yeah, that's a really great reminder. So we've been through quite a lot. We've talked through quite a lot. How does it feel? What do you see kind of with you've got it kind of laid out there? Imagine this like this buffet of the last three years, peaks and valleys all together. How does that feel? Um, It feels kind of cool. Like I don't think I journal a lot, but I don't think that I have looked back at the last three years and at least not in the way that we've talked about it today at all. And it's it's feels like. I unpacked that, that the little, the little piece of luggage that was stuck in there, just waiting to be unpacked <laughs> for the last three years, um, might've finally unlocked and, and let itself go. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes me super happy. And what is the growth that you would identify from all that unpacking? You can identify from your reflection that you have grown in what way? Um, accepting that it was okay to not you know, do much for business wise and to have my primary role be just mom in that time instead of the guilt that I felt over the last few years of, of just being mom. And I and I I don't mean just as as a derogatory way. That's okay. But just that being my my primary role, accepting that. I feel a little like like I wish I could go back and give, you know, Jillian of 2021 and 22 a big hug yeah. <laughs> and let her know that it's okay 
you know, you're you're feeling crappy now, but in in a year you'll you'll probably be well, you will be in a much better place. Yeah. What are you grateful for? That painful spot in April of 2022 to the moments where we've come to today. Uh what are you grateful for in the last year? You're you're grateful for the last year because of why? I think it's I've I've grown as a person. I feel like I, something about knowing that I that I'm not alone in how I felt and um that I've learned to accept that I've also, you know, I'm learning to accept that what, where I am is, is what, where I'm meant to be. And I'm grateful for that because I, and I still struggle with it big time, but mm-hmm. there are times where I'm able to say that, you know, I am in a much different place than I was two, you know, one, two, three years ago, but that that's okay. And that even though, you know, my business might've been more successful in certain ways three years ago that it's okay because I was there, I was meant to go through this, this. So I guess I'm grateful for that, that growth. Yeah. Your burnout is not your fault. Can you see that? Yes. I. The fact that you burnt out was not your fault. Yes. I, as much as I sometimes struggle and want to blame myself, I definitely can see that it was not, that there were so many things at play that caused it. Yeah. So even though you, struggled to regain momentum after your kids were back in school and things stabilized post-pandemic, you can see from your reflection that you've made your way to a place of self-acceptance and you've made your way to a place where it's okay to not be okay. And you've said that makes you feel kind of pretty cool about yourself. Yeah. Right. And you're grateful for the last year because through that experience, your burnout, it wasn't your fault, but you're grateful for it. Because what it's shown you is that there's moments where things might go back to feeling hard to have momentum. It might You might go back to a place where your burnout means that you have to show up in only the spaces that are absolutely necessary for you. And that will be okay because what you've already learned is that it's okay to not be okay. I'm just regurgitating what you just said. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is exactly what I feel. And I, I, you're talking and I'm thinking about last summer when it, you know, it was really hard to have the kids home every day and, and be on the whole time, but it definitely was also, I, I accepted the fact that this part of me, my business part of me is going to take a back stage, you know, it's going to go back a little bit and the you know primary caregiver is going to step up. I struggled with it on certain days, you know, but for the most part, it was a pretty, pretty good summer. You know, I did my best for, with the kids to have so that they could have fun and that I could still rest and stuff like that. So I definitely I've definitely learned from the pandemic or the last three years, not necessarily the pandemic, but the last three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a brief summary and then we're actually going to talk about goals, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so we looked back, we reviewed the last three years. We really kind of honed in on the last year. And we've identified the themes that have resonated with your experience through reflection, through kind of saying like, oh, what was happening over here? Let's dig, dig, dig. Let's go over here to this little valley or peak and let's dig over there. We've celebrated. We've been able to recognize, Jillian, what you're proud of. And we've been able to acknowledge how far you've come without setting any goals at all. Yeah. Right? Because what I keep trying to say is you're already amazing. You're already amazing. The goals are not going to be evidence of how you can be better. 
but goals are evidence of how far you've already come. So now we're ready to plan and look for opportunities where we can build on Jillian's awesomeness within the next year, within the quarter, whatever timeline you want to have. But we're doing that from a foundation where Jillian's been able to say, I'm proud of who I am and I know I've been through a lot. I know I'm awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the, I know it. No, no. <laughs> I know you're awesome. I know. I I, I agree. I, I just... Okay, I'm awesome. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we can work on that one if you want. Okay, so what jumps what jumps out at you over and over and and, and if you want to talk about a specific goal, if we talk about where you're at, what do you think kind of emerges or maybe has already been percolating in the back of your mind before we even started recording? So, I am um, I consider myself to be a pretty good mom and my initial thought when you first asked me to do to join you was maybe I should set a goal, my first goal around parenting. But I and I'm sure I'm sure there are ways and areas that I can grow, but that did not feel like the number one thing after I thought maybe it should be. Um, the first thing that came up was actually about my business because it I like anytime I get you know I talk talking about you with the what I my pivot and why I switched and if I start thinking about writing, um, e blogging again, or even writing just captions for Instagram, I get really, really excited. I get this feeling that I haven't had since when I first started my business, when Emmett was like two years old, he's 10 now. So like a long time. And I really want to get there. So I think starting, starting my first goal is around my business somehow is uh, the right place to start. Okay. I'm going to put a pin in what you said before. I, I know I'm a, re I'm a really good mom, or I think I'm a pretty good mom. And there have been some things thematically that you have brought up about motherhood in reflecting over the last three years, in particular last summer, and we're coming up on the summer. So I might, I might say, you know, starting from the place of like, I'm a, I'm a really great mom and the summer's coming up. What are the things that I want to build off of being a really good mom as the summer's approaching? I'm going to put that in a just a side little nugget in your head. And let's talk about the goals that you want to set for your business. You mentioned captions. You mentioned feeling excited. You mentioned uh, gaining momentum and write. You've, you said writing. So do we want to hone in on writing? Um, Is writing the action that's going to get you to what you're envisioning? It's marketing myself in general. Okay. Let's go smaller and more specific than that. So, I mean, I guess we could say writing. We could go with writing. It could be, um, the easiest would be to start with um, Instagram captions because it requires very little behind the scenes work. I mean, you, yes, I have to create the content, but like if I want to start a blog, I have to, you know, create I have a website, but you have to like create all the back end stuff. And I don't, that would take longer. And not that there's anything there's nothing wrong with taking a long time for a goal but like I want to take I want to have something that I feel like I can take action on okay so let's set the timeline at three months okay is that okay yeah and let's say gaining momentum in marketing yourself through the writing of Instagram captions and the reason I think it's important to not just say I want to get better at marketing myself is because I like to hone in on the difference between motion and action. 
So action is writing the Instagram post. That's the action. The motion might be taking a marketing course. The motion might be looking at other people on Instagram and seeing what they're doing, a market analysis of your peers. The motion might be looking at the back of book jackets and seeing how people are kind of positioning books. And all of that is motion, but it doesn't actually produce the stepping stone that gets you to be better at marketing yourself. The stepping stone that gets you to be better at marketing yourself is going, and I hesitate to even say better at marketing yourself. Yeah. So setting goals using an action-oriented approach rather than setting goals using a motion-oriented approach is usually where you're going to feel empowered to show up because you're going to start to understand where with limited time and other roles that you have to play and show up for people, you can invest your energy for action rather than investing your energy for motion. And then there's no energy left over for action. Yeah. Right. That's where I always get caught up. Absolutely. Is in the courses, is in the plan is like, oh, maybe if I like, what if I plan out my, my posting schedule for the next month, but I don't write any captions. Then I show up on Monday and it's like, hey, Aaron, you're supposed to post today. And it's like, oh, my God, great. But I'm so tired now because I made that posting schedule. Not that a posting schedule. And I'm not going to try to teach you anything about (laughs) content creation as the end to end expert. When you talk about writing Instagram captions, I want you to keep that on the foundation of the last year, which is self-acceptance. It's okay to not be okay. And acknowledging where you feel really sparky and passionate about books. So those three things, self-acceptance, okay to not be okay, and passion about books, have to be the underlying foundation for your goal to write more captions. So we're going to be writing captions that are about you and about how much you accept what you're doing and where you're going in your business. There are captions that accept that it doesn't have to be perfect. That's what it means to be okay to not be okay. We're just going to be writing captions. We're not going to be writing perfect captions because there's no such thing as a perfect caption. And the third thing is those captions and that activity of writing captions is always going to be focused on your passion for books, your passion for reading. And it's going to be another way to surround yourself with your love of books. Those three things are important. Then the next thing I try to do is to say, what is the frequency Because this goal of writing captions is not a one-time behavior or an item to be produced. You're not going to write one caption and say, sweet, (laughs) I wrote one caption, right? So what you probably want is a repeated frequency of writing your captions. So you want to say, I want to write captions. Maybe you want to batch write your captions. Maybe you want to write captions three times a week. Maybe you want to write captions, you know, and then I try to get really, really specific. I want to write my captions after my shower post Peloton on Tuesday mornings. And that and that's caption writing time. Right. And I'm going to do that every week for three months. Just writing captions. We're not even going to talk about posting the captions or those other things. Right. But once you've written a caption that is on the cobblestone to posting the caption to promoting and marketing yourself as a content strategist for book bookish people. Right. So you got the caption. It's going to bring you closer to posting. And I think then you would set another goal related to posting, but we're going to stick with the caption writing goal. Remember as well that 
your learning of how to do this will take time. So I said, you're going to post after your Peloton shower on Tuesday mornings. And let's say you do that for two weeks. And actually, you're just like so starving after that, that you can't write good captions because you're too hungry. Then you're going to pivot and change the frequency of that goal to fit with a more of a time when your tank is full and you're very focused. And then you're going to just set a timer. I'm going to write captions for 20, 25 minutes, an hour, whatever you think is reasonable. I, I would say less than an hour on writing a caption. Not a caption, but writing captions. Right, right. Captions that market Jillian as a content strategist for bookish people. Writing captions that capture self-acceptance. Writing captions that capture it's okay to not be okay. Imp- imperfect captions. Okay. And and we and we're planning for how frequent that goal that goal of writing captions will happen over the next three months. And then the last part of goal setting for me, when I'm setting gentle goals that acknowledge how awesome I already am and acknowledge what I've been through in the last three years, is accountability. And this is because during the pandemic, one of the things we thought we had but we didn't was connection. I had actually pretty shitty connection before the pandemic. And during the pandemic, I became bereft of connection. So when I set goals now, post-pandemic, I make sure that those goals include connection because I deserve to be cared for while I achieve my dreams, while I move myself along the cobblestone path of my desires, right? I deserve connection. This is not a solitary pursuit, your ability to write captions, your goal to write captions. So I want you to set check-in points with yourself first to say, is this frequency working for me? Is this goal still working for me? Has something changed? Right? Maybe something changed and actually you don't need to market yourself anymore because you've just landed Penguin House or something. <laughs> you know, Peng- Penguin House is not a publisher. Is Penguin House a publisher? Penguin Publishers. <laughs> anyway, you, you just landed, you know, an amazing client and we don't need to write captions anymore. What we need to be doing is setting different goals. I'm just saying set those check-in points for yourself. Record and track your progress. How many captions did you write at those check-in points to say, listen, uh, a month from now, it's going to be May 26th. We're going to check in. And Jillian's been able to show up only one of her Tuesdays post Peloton. Jillian's been able to write three captions. Say, okay, that's just a fact. It's not evidence of Jillian's failure, Jillian's abilities, because we've already done that. Jillian has abilities. Jillian is amazing. So the goals are not evidence of how well you're performing at life. There's just, there's just facts. There's just things that you've been able to do and things you haven't. That's just information. And then I like to say, connect with a buddy. If you have a mastermind, if you have a coaching, if you're part of a coaching program, if you have a colleague that is doing similar or adjacent work and you can say, listen, I'm giving myself a goal to write more captions. I'd love to connect with you just to keep me accountable. Do you want to join me? You don't even have to make it that complicated. You can just, I mean, listen, I can even be your accountability buddy for this if you if you want, if you want to make that super easy. And then I do like to say for some people, having a final product is really motivating. Sometimes. A final product allows us to understand the action versus motion, if we go back to that. So the action of writing captions has allowed you to post X amount of times has allowed you to gain confidence in writing captions, has allowed you to take less time to write captions, 
has allowed you to be more relaxed about writing captions in the way that you're not overanalyzing, you're not looking for perfection, and that you can see that you've built the skill along the path, because the bigger picture is more fluidity to market yourself as a content strategist for bookish people. And then we might have two or three other goals that working in parallel to that caption writing. You've talked about blogs. You've talked about posting. Maybe there's something to do with networking in there. And those goals are working in synergy with that goal. But what we have is a specific action, a repeated frequency, and an accountability structure. And this is all just information. If we hit the end of three months and you say, I wrote zero captions, then we say, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to look back and understand what was going on. We're going to talk about challenges, the things you anticipated, the things you didn't anticipate. How did you navigate those challenges? Who helped you? And understand that there was something going on, something going on that needed to be addressed. And the captions are evidence of what you were going through as a person, as a whole complete valuable human being that is so good <laughs> that is so good it, it makes i'm so glad sense. makes it more does. sense okay than any goal setting uh i've ever done oh my gosh i'm thrilled to hear that so the last thing you might want to do and we can do this afterwards because we've been on for a while is to write a statement of those three things together specific action repeated frequency and accountability so something like I will write captions for Instagram twice a week and I'll aim to write them for 30 minutes on Tuesdays and went and Thursdays after lunch so that I am fueled up and focused. I will ask for help from medium lady Erin to check in with me on how those captions are going and I will commit to self-acceptance and and self-compassion when it comes to writing. I won't expect perfection. Some people say write your goals in the present. I kind of think it doesn't. I don't think it really tricks your brain that much. But what you've done is you've created a couple of cognitive filters. Because what I struggle with, and I know a lot of people who are burnt out struggle with, is picking a direction and sticking with it. And that's because your brain takes on 11 million pieces of information every single day, probably 12 million since the pandemic. We are assessing constantly our environments. And that means there's a lot of opportunities to be distracted. But what you've done is you've given yourself filters. Caption writing is a filter. The time of day and the, and the amount of time you're going to spend, half an hour, is a filter. And your accountability buddy is a filter. And your brain is going to look for those filters. So you've given your brain the opportunity to do less work when it comes to achieving the bigger goal of finding ease and flow marketing yourself as a content strategist for bookish people. I love it so much. Okay. I'm like, so I'm so excited that I, <laughs> this whole experience has been amazing. Like, Oh, good. So let's check in quick. How do you feel? I know you're happy with me, uh, but how do you feel? <laughs> I feel very excited. Honestly, I feel like I, not only do I have a really good, solid goal to work on. I have a goal that makes sense, that I have parameters around and check-in points. And like, I'm not just saying write 20 posts or write 20 captions, whatever. Like it's, it's, it makes to my brain, 
this makes so much sense. So I'm very, very happy and excited about using this and the the framework, you know, knowing I had listened to your other episodes, but it's much different, like having the one on one with you than in you know, just listening to an episode. So this has been so helpful. That's awesome. I'm thrilled to help. And I'm so glad that it, it's making you feel excited. That's a good feeling to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did all the work. Honestly, I, I think that you really opened yourself up to the vulnerability of looking back, of admitting that you've been healing. You've been healing. And I want anybody listening who says, I am so friggin' burnt out. Don't you dare tell me to set goals. Because how could I possibly do one more thing on top of everything else? And I want you to know that, of course, you're burnt out. Of course, you're healing. And I want your goals to be a way to lift you up through that healing, not as evidence of how broken and how behind you are. Because you're not. You're not. You're amazing. You, Jillian, are so amazing. I believe that wholeheartedly, down to my toes. I am okay with taking compliments, but it's just like... I don't know. It's it's childhood trauma. Again, a whole other oh, thing. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, that's all right. That's all right. I think that I and I appreciate you saying that too, because I'm trying to get I'm trying to get you to a place and there's other things going on that would keep you from yeah. getting to that place. So that's good information for me to have too. That's good feedback. Jillian, I think we're gonna wrap up. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It was a great experience for me. I can say ditto to that because I, I am very, I don't know. I I've had a lot of, I've watched so many different classes and people talk about goal setting and I've joined groups just to be a part of their goal setting, like in January, but I don't think anything has ever made as much sense as this does. So. Wow. I mean, I love you dearly. And it was a, it was a real pleasure for me to support to support you in whatever way I can. Um, Jillian, as we wrap up, where can the audience find you? I am primarily on Instagram at Jillian Finding Happy. And uh, I would love for you to come follow me if you want to learn more about books and um, taking down the patriarchy. (laughs) My favorite thing is Jillian's stories. I get to see her every day, uh, almost every day. And I get to really get a sense of what's making you tick. I think you bring so much authenticity to your stories. And I think it is truly the value that people come to your page for. I know who Jillian is. I know what's important to her. And she really is honest. You're a really honest person on on Instagram. And you've inspired me to be equally honest. And I think you, you attract that in your community. So please do not sleep on following Jillian at Jillian Finding Happy. And um, Jillian, next time we'll talk books. Perfect. I love that. Thanks again for being on the show. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode and we can always continue the conversation over there. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye.